to the Dietitian Values Podcast, a space for conversations that go beyond lip speak, challenge the status quo, and hopefully create a space where we can learn and unlearn in connection and community. Join me, Laura Jean, accredited practicing dietitian, as I brain up my thoughts, chat with insightful guests, and create a space where we'll probably end up with more questions than answers, but also a space for encouraging and inspiring accountable action. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Dietitian Values Podcast. Today is the first episode in a series that I'm going to do around pricing, money and finance. Um, I had a question, popped a question up on Instagram um, asking what people wanted to know about and I had a few questions around this so I thought I would do a few episodes on it because when I sat down to try and answer the question and put all my thoughts in onto one page, it uh, it got quite big. So today is part one, or the first kind of, you know, episode in this series. And I want to talk about pricing because pricing is often one that gets people feeling some sort of way. It can feel a bit of a struggle if you want to use that word, or can feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, so if you do find pricing challenging, I mean, firstly, you're not alone. Uh, secondly, it's not a you issue. It's not a mindset issue, I don't believe. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that. And I want to talk about some of the things that come up around pricing and just talk about some different options or ideas or models that you can use around pricing um, that can feel supportive or may feel supportive for you. Okay, so before we dive in, I just want to talk a little bit around pricing, value and values. So of course, we're all about values around here. And so when you're thinking about your values and pricing, what's really important, in my opinion, is just being clear on your values and having that question in your mind of like, does this move me towards my values um, when I'm having this question? And also remembering how we define those values and who defines those values. Because sometimes we can overlay this idea that um, around pricing and money, which can come from different different value sets that can come from our professional values, particularly if you're from the health or helping professions where there might be certain values in the profession or in the health, like the idea around providing health services that can um, impact on your values or how you show up in that space. Cultural values, ethical values, family of origin values, you know, what kind of values were around um, money. And I don't mean it as in like from a money story point of view, but more like what are the values that that, that come up or what are the, the ideas or things that happen um, that can influence on how you approach pricing or can kind of make it feel hard to price um, or to set prices. So that's one piece. Like I sort of said before, discomfort with pricing, um, it's not a mindset issue. You know, when I, um, I've been sort of like, you know, in the online business space for a long time and learning and doing different trainings. And this is the one, like, this is like a little bugbear of mine. It comes up all the time, not all the time anymore because of the spaces I'm in where I don't um, expose myself to this, but it used to come up where it'd be like, oh, pricing's a mindset issue. And, um, you know, this real push for, um, getting uncomfortable around pricing and things. And I think probably well-intentioned advice, hopefully well-intentioned advice for the most part, but often not really 
getting to the wife, which which I think for most health and helping professionals, often it is that we're trained in a way of delivering services um, that is that doesn't really talk about money and not that we can have every single conversation in our training, but you think about how we do our placements, how we do our practical for many of us, um, maybe not as much anymore, but I know when I graduated uni, which was quite some time ago, you know, most people went into positions where you earned a wage. So where you didn't have to think about pricing of your services, you just went to work, did your job, got your wage and went home and absolutely did your job with passion and, um, compassion, but your, what you did in your job wasn't like, it didn't reflect exactly like what you took home. So for instance, you didn't have to decide what people were charged in lots of cases. I know for myself, you know, people didn't have to pay to come and see me either. Um, so the idea around money and, and how that links into health services and services in general, there is discomfort around there because it's not something we've been used to kind of associating with it. Um, something that one of my mentors, um, Kelly Dills talks about is, um, around, around pricing and around, you know, decoupling from that idea that it's an us problem or a mindset issue is around not double billing ourselves for our own oppression. So if you hold, basically, if you're not a white man, if you're, if you're, um, a woman, if you hold different marginalized identities, then the ideas around money that we get from a cultural level and also just from social systems, et cetera, are not the same. Um, and so often there's that idea that that can come through in how we price. Um, but a human-centered business, which is the ones that we want to be running around here, has to also center the human who runs the business too. And the reality is we exist in a capitalist system. We exist in a system where we have to pay bills. We exist in a system where we, for most people in business, there is a certain amount of money you need as a minimum just to cover the expenses of your business. Um, So you must be able to flourish uh, to be able to create a space for the humans you work with to flourish. If you are not covering your bills, if you are going to be burnt out um, because you're not covering expenses and not meeting your financial needs, then it's going to be really hard to build a sustainable business. And it's probably, I would guess, not going to be a very human-centered business if you as the business owner is not centered. So how can we price with intention or how can we kind of look at pricing from a values-based or human-centered lens? And think, remembering when we talk about values-based, it's not a universal set of values, it's from your values base. So of course, getting clear on your values is the first step. But when you're thinking about pricing, you need to be confident um, and comfortable in the pricing you put out there. So there's so many ways that you can um, calculate pricing or you can come up with it. I mean, you can just pick a number, right? Any number that you're comfortable with providing your service with and start there. Um, You can use calculations, like you can sit down and think about all the expenses and your time and things like that and and put like a number on it. Um, You can, you know, you can just charge an amount that feels comfortable that doesn't make you um as uh shante cofield movement by says doesn't make you feel salty about it so how much you want to charge really in some ways is up to you right um and so where do you start with it so like i said you can think about it, how it feels to you around pricing you can think about like what an hourly rate would be that would cover your expenses both visible and invisible um you can think about where you want to go in your business, what you want um, it to be in service of, and perhaps including that in how you price as well. 
um, sometimes there's, you know, sometimes I see things around like charging your worth or charging, you know, charging an amount where people value you or value your service. And just to talk to that very briefly is that your worth, your value cannot be measured in monetary increments, right? Um, Your value is infinitesimal. um, And so there's no way that you can do that. Um, But what you can do is you can charge or you can have a pricing models that that ensures that you are taken care of um, within your business model so that you are, so that it is sustainable. Um, So that is probably how I would reframe that. So let's talk about, so, so two of the probably common issues um, or two of the questions that often come up is how do we price for accessibility? Um, And usually that's kind of means for like people who say they can't afford it, or maybe people who actually can't afford our services so that was one of the questions I got and one of the other ones was pricing for family and friends so let's um, first go with um, accessibility so the first thing around that is well there's two bits one is to be really mindful of any assumptions and bias that we bring into the conversation when it comes to accessible and equitable pricing Um, because sometimes it can come again from that same kind of professional health uh, driven values which um, can sometimes create that position of the health professional providing services for people like there's a lot of assumptions that can be made in that so I think just really checking our assumptions you know assumptions that certain people or certain demographics can't afford things um, or that there's a certain amount like that you know that there's there should only be a certain amount that people in this kind of area make, etc. So thinking about assumptions and to quote um, James Olivia Chew-Hillman, um, to remember that whether someone can or can't afford your services is kind of none of your business um, in a good way, in a, in a kind way. Um, so really when you're pricing, the, 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 the person to be centering first and foremost is you. Um And if we're thinking about how do we create pricing or how do we look at um, accessible and equitable options, so there's different ways you can approach it. So one, the most common thing that I see in sort of health spaces or and particularly in therapy counselling, a little bit in dietetics, um, is a sliding scale. So where you have a sliding scale based on a a set of parameters or conditions that you that you come up with, Um, and that works for some people. So I'm just going to go through some ideas. Um, I'm not promoting any or either but I just want to open up the conversation to be wider than that that having accessible and equitable options doesn't necessarily have to be a sliding scale or scholarships um, or you know or discounts etc so sliding scale can be one one option having a suite of services um, or information sharing options at different price points can be another one so I think most common example possibly within the health spaces is you know having one-to-one stuff and having a group or membership type um, one-to-many kind of um, approach where you can have a lower price point for people also remembering that that doesn't necessarily when we have different price points it doesn't necessarily mean certain services are better or worse like there's no hierarchy here because really it's up to the human that wants to work with you to decide which is the best fit for them and you put a price on it based on what feels the best for you as far as the resources you're using um, and what and what means you can actually deliver that service in a way where you're not resenting it and where you can actually communicate the price really confidently 
Um, so a suite of services, different services at different price points. You can have a price range. So I've seen this on things where some people might have a price range of like um, have a guide of what to pay. And so the guide might include, you know, two or three or four, I don't know, it's up to you really, price points. Um, and then it might just be a little bit of an explanation with those. So it might be, well, this price is like, um, you know, for people who um, are students or people who are, and not as in a policed way, like as in you've got to give me a student ID, but more like you give people the, um, the responsibility of selecting which price point meets for them. But you might give some ideas around who might be more, um, suited to that kind of price. So for instance, you might, I've seen on some where it's like, if you own your own home, if you have this or this or this, then this is, this is the price point that we, you know, we feel would be more sustainable for our business. Um, the other one people I've seen, so there's some, there's that one where it's more about, you know, indicators for the person paying. The other one I've seen is where it's like, gives you more information for the business owner. So like, this is, this covers my basic expenses, this creates a more sustainable business. This allows me to offset, you know, um, offset um, my income for like offset the cost for people who need who who need to choose that lower option. So that there can be that kind of thing. Um, recently, um, I was in discussion with Alison Tenney on the podcast uh, last early this month, and she was sharing a, her model, which is a generosity pricing model, where there's two price points for her program. They're exactly the same. One's the the price point that, you know, is open for everyone. And then there's a generosity price point, which is a little bit more if people want to pay that and if that's accessible to people. So it was just, that was what she called it, generosity pricing, and which I thought was, you know, that could be another way you can create different range of prices that people can choose. People can take responsibility for what they're wanting to pay. But, you know, having that basic price point that means that things are covered, you know, expenses are covered. Scholarships is another way um, you can add more accessible, equitable pricing um, or pro bono kind of thing. So maybe it's something like where, you know, um, you have a you can have that built in. So for instance, like I was saying with that price range where you might have a price range where it's like by accepting this, if every five people that buy a ticket or, or or book in with me at this price point, I can offer a pro bono. And so you can have that that information really clear for people so they can look at that and go, well, hey, if I I ha- this is, you know, available to me, I can I can pay for this and it gives the person an opportunity to provide services for people, you know, to make all of their services more accessible. Um, scholarships. So having that, I, I attended a radical summits um, summit last year, I think it was around pricing. And one of the people were talking about scholarships and really something the seed they planted for me, um, which I thought was a really something to consider around scholarships was often scholarships come with like applications or, or things. And this one was really like, they were sort of talking about it from the point of view of if you are going to offer scholarships to have it very low, um, basically not making people jump through hoops, you know, to get a scholarship. Um, so if you want to, and it's financially available to you to offer scholarships to offer them um, and maybe have your number and, and have it very low effort and low um because often there can be all these things, you know, um, things people have to fill in or extra things people might have to do to have access to the scholarship. So they were talking really about having it as minimal um, requirements as possible. 
So there are some of the things that I've seen that I think are different ways that we can we can offer more equitable um, prices pricing for people so that it doesn't have to feel like these are my prices and then um, you know there's that question but what about access what about people who can't afford it what about low income I think having things that are really built into your structure and giving individuals the response the actual personal responsibility and opportunity to make their own choices. So we're not assuming anything about anyone. We're not thinking um, people can't afford that price, so I have to price at at this point for that. Starting wherever you are with your pricing, that that meets your needs, that covers what you need, and then building around that if you are wanting to, if you are finding that access and um, equitable pricing is an issue or something that you are wanting to make more space for. Um, also, in a in a recent mafia call, Shante again, um, Shante Cofield at the Movement Maestro um, was talking about um, pricing. You know, start where you can get started. So sometimes with pricing, it's just getting started somewhere. So start with a price that's comfortable that you don't resent. That at least. Move, starts moving you towards covering the expenses, covering the bills and start there. You can always increase your prices. Start at a pricing level that you are comfortable and confident with offering um, and then build it up over time. Um, you don't have to feel like once you put out a pricing that you, um, you know, you're stuck to it. So I hope that gives a few ideas around different ways we can think about um, pricing, about access, etc. So another question that often comes up is should I, oh, sorry, I had the other question around um, discounts for uh, should should you give discounts to friends, family, or anyone really? Um, and I think the question that I would ask is what do you have a yes for and what do you have a no for around that? So I'm not for myself personally, a big one on like discounts, like for, you know, this, this, this program is going to be this cost. Um, but I have actually, you know, I suppose given people mates rates, um, on things in the past, um, when I've worked with, with people. Um, and so it's really around what you have a yes for and really just checking into, into that. So rather than coming at it from a point of view of obligation, like, oh, well, I should, do this or I should do that. If you hear the word should come up, remembering that's a little red flag about your relationship with your values, but really looking at whose values sit behind that idea that you have to, um, if that is how you feel, um, is providing a discount or a lower rate, is that in alignment with your values and remembering that you're turning your values towards others, but you're also turning your values towards yourself. And what do you have a yes for? What do you have a yes for versus what do you think you should do? And so there's no right or wrong, yes or right, you know, there's no either or binary um, there. What I would just really encourage is to is to think about does it actually support you? Does it feel, can you deliver the service and not feel resentful about it? Like what's your resentment price? Because if you say yes to giving somebody a discount um, and then it makes you actually not want to follow through in the same way or not want to complete a package session because you gave them a discount, then you might feel like then that actually impacts on how you can provide your service or you might say yes to giving a discount which is a you know turning your values towards that person but it actually leaves you short or it doesn't turn your values towards you it doesn't support you to um, consider your needs so they would be the things that I would be 
you know, offering up as questions or inquiry for yourself. And really, at the end of the day, what do you have a yes for? Do you want to give people a discount? If you do, go for it. If you don't, then I suppose finding that no um, and grounding in your values as you put that forward. Um, and sometimes that's where can having like the different options can can be supportive or that's where sometimes you can fall back on the old, uh, this is my pricing, or even just on the old, uh, you know, I don't work with family and friends, which can sometimes be, I feel a little bit more of a more comfortable space to, to come from. You know, you need to find what aligns with your values and what moves you towards your values. So that is the main things I wanted to talk about with pricing. Um, oh, the other one I want to talk about with pricing is should I have my pricing, should you have your pricing on your website? That's something I get asked. Should I have my pricing available on my website or not? Again, there's no yes or no right or wrong. Um, I'll talk you through a little bit about my kind of approach to it in case it's supportive, but I'm not putting it up here as a, um, this is how you should do it. So for me, um, one of my values or one of the things that is always underlying my business is transparency. Um, And I suppose when I was considering this myself, I thought of, I came at it from the other end. It's like, why wouldn't I? Like what would be stopping me from putting my pricing on my website? And I kind of unpacked that a bit. Um, So for me, it's a big yes. I I have my pricing on my website because I want it to be really transparent. I know in my own experience, if I go to a website and I'm wanting to find pricing and information, that's a bit annoying if it's not there. Um, It means I don't waste other people's time and they don't necessarily... I don't see it as wasting my time if somebody's inquiring, but like then it's it's like we're starting from that that point. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's going to read it. People can still reach out and ask about it. Um, I have no problems resharing that information. I don't get annoyed like, hey, just go look at my website because that's where it is. That's fine. Um, but for me, having it on my website is really important from that transparency point of view so that if I get on a good fit call with somebody, then I know that they've probably looked at that. Normally, I would point them to that. So they're aware. And so we both know that we're starting from the same point of view. Um, And probably my other reasoning for myself personally is kind of in reaction a little bit to the, a lot of the online business coaching and stuff that I've been part of where not doing, not running, but attending where it's sort of been like, not have your information on your website, wait till the discovery call and then kind of basically pressure people into working with you. Um, And that feels all sorts of icky for me. And so my one of my other reasons I have it on my website around that transparency is so that if somebody gets on a discovery call or what I call a good fit call, because that's really what I'm wanting to discover with them. um, Am I good fit for them? Are they good fit for me? Um, If somebody gets on that, then they already have that if they want it. And that's kind of that conversation's off because the idea of having to then like someone say, so how much does it cost? And this, the first time that we're having that conversation is, is on a call. Um, doesn't always feel for me really, really great, really comfortable. Um, I'm a lot more comfortable with it now, but when I was very first starting out in my, uh, working days, like online business days, it did feel a bit weird. Um, so the other the other reason um, I suppose that could come up for people around not wanting to have pricing is what would people think, you know, that, that whole de- idea. Um, and so just unpacking that a little bit, looking at it for yourself. So I would encourage you if you um, are asking yourself this question is to think about why would you not want it on your, like what comes up for you? What is the thing that maybe 
encourages you to consider not having it on there? And does that actually align with your values? What moves you towards your values? So go to your values and what actually moves you towards your values more. So for me, I want spaces of fairness and justice. I want care. I want connection. I want collaboration. I want, um, yeah, those kind of things. Um, and for me, part of that is consent driven. Part of that's real being really transparent. And so part of that lends into adding my pricing. Now you could have all the same values as me and your outcome to that inquiry might be, I don't have my pricing. So I'm not offering this up as like, this is what everyone should do. Um, that I just wanted to share my process or what, how I consider it because sometimes it can be helpful. So um, that is what I wanted to share about pricing. So different ways we can have accessible pricing, some considerations for putting pricing on your website and answering those questions on pricing for low income, on accessibility and pricing for bonuses or I'm sorry, discounts for family or friends. So hopefully that gives you some things to think about. Um, As always, I'm interested to hear what you have around this if you've got any thoughts questions comments concerns please feel free to share them reach out over on instagram under the post send me an email laura at dietitianvalues.com um and let's continue the conversation if you've got any questions um feel free to reach out and share those with me until next time bye for now so much for listening i really appreciate you and the time you've given to me If you like what you heard, please share it with your dietitian besties and subscribe on your platform of choice. Want more like this? Come follow along and continue the combo on Instagram where I hang out at Dietitian Values. I'm so grateful for you and the opportunity to connect. Have a good one. Catch you next time on the Dietitian Values Podcast. The Dietitian Values Podcast is recorded on the unceded lands of the Ngambri and Ngunnawal people. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging.